The Atlanta Falcons look to end a really long streak while the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look to bounce back. That and more on today's Crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this crossover Thursday episode of Locked On Bucks and Locked On Falcons, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Atlanta Falcons, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks, joined by Aaron Freeman, the host of Locked On Falcons. You can check both of us out on these shows five days a week, as well as on Twitter at JayYarko underscore Bucks. And for the time being, Aaron at Locked On Falcons. This crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL all lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. The biggest matchups and the most important players are coming up for you in just a little bit. But Aaron, we are going to start things off with the biggest stories surrounding our teams. And real quick, before we get to that, I do have to rewind the clock for the Locked On Bucks listeners, the Locked On Falcons listeners that have joined throughout the season, maybe didn't catch our divisional previews. Uh, you were kind of my lone ally as Julian and Ross continuously attacked the Buccaneers and Baker Mayfield on that show. So I just want to say I appreciate you kind of having my back a little bit in, in the majority of those conversations. But what is the biggest story around the Atlanta Falcons right now? Well, I'll say, James, I was low on the Bucks. I just wasn't as low on the Bucks as those who were. So it 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 kind of works out in my favor. I look a little bit better now, uh, given how the Bucks have started this year. But I think for the Falcons, it's can they play well and can Desmond Ritter play well on the road? Uh, in Ritter's ten starts, they're zero and four on the road. The Falcons, as a team, have lost eight straight road games dating all the way back to September of last year in week three. They've lost those games by an average score of 23 to 13. They have not topped 20 points in any of those eight games uh, that they've lost in a row. And, you know, they need to go out there and, and kind of win this game because it is a divisional game, right? And this one game is not going to decide the NFC South race, but with the Falcons having four out of their final seven games out of the week 11 by that they have upcoming being divisional games, winning this game is going to potentially put them ahead of the curve going into that sort of home stretch where they can then go out there and solidify their grip on the NFC South. And if they lose this game, it's going to be an uphill battle for this team down the stretch if they have those playoff aspirations and winning this game makes things a lot more manageable. Uh, but you know, the Falcons have to go out there and prove that they can play well on the road. And so far this year and dating back to the end of last season, they have not shown that. Uh, so it's not only an important game because they need to prove that they can win on the road, but it's an important game because they need to, to you know, to take care of business in their own division. 
Yeah, I'm sure a lot of Falcons fans are really disappointed in kind of the performance so far of Desmond Ritter. He hasn't quite been what a lot of people thought he was going to be, myself included. I've said on your show before that I'm a, a big fan of Desmond Ritter because he is a University of Cincinnati guy. That's a pretty local school for me. I enjoyed watching him in college. Uh, but it seems like, you know, like you said, they, they've struggled a lot on the road and at home games, you know, you see Ritter seems a little bit more comfortable. They finally remembered that Kyle Pitts was on the roster last week. Uh, Bijan Robinson has been fantastic and a lot of fun to watch as long as, you know, you're not the one facing him both in reality or in fantasy football. So it'll be a real interesting litmus test for, for Ritter, especially in this divisional matchup that you stressed is, you know, it's not going to be a backbreaker if the Falcons don't win it but it is certainly a really important game because the winner of this game is essentially going to be in first place in the division right the Buccaneers are three and two if they fall to three and three well that means the Falcons are automatically at four and three and all of a sudden they're at the top of the division despite all the struggles so um it'll it'll certainly be interesting to see how they play on the road I have to say the biggest story for the Buccaneers is how are they going to bounce back following a big loss against the Detroit Lions now They've lost two games this year to teams whose combined record is 10 and two. They've lost to the Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles in the week after the Eagles loss was a big bounce back road victory against the New Orleans Saints. But Baker Mayfield's coming off his worst game as a Buccaneer, 51% completion percentage, no touchdowns, one interception. It's the only game this season that the Buccaneers have lost the turnover battle. Even against the Eagles, the turnover battle was even. So the Buccaneers losing that turnover battle, losing the game in, in a pretty ugly fashion, the defense, as much as they kept the Bucs in the game, also allowed Detroit to convert 60% of their third down conversions while the offense only converted 17%. And the rushing game is just still non-existent. As much as they try, as much as Dave Canales is just stubborn about running the ball, even when it's not working, they have to figure out something that's going to fix that run game. And then you had some really brutal drops by Mike Evans throughout the game. None more important than what would have been a third and 13 conversion at midfield to move the sticks, help the Bucs get into scoring range. So, you know, they're going to bounce back against the Falcons the same way that they bounced back uh, against the the New Orleans Saints, but they have to return to what worked before while still trying to fix that run game. And the Falcons have been a good run defense, so it's still not going to look great this week, but Baker needs to be much better than he was last week against the Lions, who didn't even have Brian Branch on defense. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, you know, unfortunately, the Falcons offense looks a lot like the Saints offense, which was pretty inept in that week four matchup. And even though I don't think the Bucs played a great game from what I saw, it was more than good enough to to kind of roll against a, a pretty underachieving Saints team, which I'm enjoying personally. So oh, I got we all are. No, no complaints there. But um, yeah, so I, I do think it is kind of set up for the Bucs to have their bounce back if the Falcons don't get their act together, as I said. And, and play much better than they've shown to date, especially on the road. Yeah, and, and of course, that's something that the Bucks fans and Falcons fans, it doesn't matter which show that you are a normal subscriber to, uh, we're all enjoying the struggles of the New Orleans Saints and the fact that, well, Derek Carr just isn't as good as Baker Mayfield. I, I think we can all say that. With I know you're taking pride. personal pride in that one, James. I really am. I really, really am. I'm enjoying the heck out of that. 
Um, but yeah, it, it's it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a really interesting chess match to see how both of these teams start out. You know, are the Falcons gonna be the team that are going to just force feed Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier the ball early on? try to establish that run against a good rush defense in Tampa, but one that also gave up about a million yards to DeAndre Swift uh, a couple of weeks ago against the Philadelphia Eagles because Bijan Robinson can be that guy. And I think the more they get Bijan comfortable, the better, uh, the more comfortable and the better Desmond Ritter is going to be down this stretch. But then, of course, like I said, on the flip side, the Buccaneers run game has been completely stagnant and it's going to put a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield, but we have the biggest matchups that are going to decide this game coming up next on a crossover Thursday, part of the locked on a podcast network, your team every day. Bird dogs make you look good, make you feel good. And most importantly, they keep you comfortable no matter what the situation bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg to give you a truly sculpted look and they fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff restricting cotton and bird dogs made this possible by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement and bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric say that three times fast that keeps you cool and dry all day long i was bragging about my bird dog shorts so much that my son ended up stealing a pair of mine from me and he wears them constantly he wears them to school he wears them to the ice rink he wears them to work out in they are hands down his favorite pair of shorts and if he knew that i had bird dogs joggers he would 100 take those from me as well but if you want to get your own pair, you need to go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code locked on NFL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks and Locked On Falcons your first listen or view every single day. Every day, just make sure you are coming back tomorrow as Aaron is going to give you the final preview from the Falcons' perspective. David Harrison and I over on Locked On Bucks will be live on YouTube at 7 o'clock Eastern time to give you our final preview of the game. But Aaron, every game boils down to a few key matchups. And for the Falcons, to close the gap, overtake the Buccaneers in the division, get off that road snide. What is the matchup that they need to exploit against the Buccaneers? Yeah, I think you you kind of touched upon it earlier, James, with, you know, the Falcons trying to run the football, right? That's been something I've talked about this week on Lockdown Falcons, which is, you know, some of the roller coaster that the Falcons have been on because they haven't had the stable foundation that the run game has normally been, and they need to get back to that. But as you said, it's going to be a tough going up against this Bucs front you know, Vita Vea has basically been unblockable to this offensive line for years. I watched Kalaja Kansi as a pit guy myself uh, and what he did last week to the Lions. I was very impressed with that, but I'm not looking forward to him doing the same thing against this Falcons offensive interior offensive line, which has been, you know, spotty uh, this season in, in pass protection. So he can do a lot of damage. So, you know, I think if the Falcons try to run directly into the teeth of the Bucs, it's going to be a challenge. So I, I expect them, you know, hopefully, hopefully they'll handle that matchup, but I'm not particularly optimistic. And so I could definitely see this Falcon team 
rather than you know trying to run into the teeth of of this Bucks defense. Um, and they've they've had success doing it before. Don't get me wrong; they they ran for 174 yards in that Week 18 game last year. But I'm not expecting that repeat. I would love to see it, but I think you're going to have to try to get the ball out on the perimeter, right? And you're going to try to use some swing swing passes, some screen passes. You know, some of that could also help negate some of the blitzes that we know Todd Bowles is going to be able to dial up. So I just think the Falcons are going to have to find creative ways to manufacture run yards, even if they're not directly runs, if they're short passing games, and try to get the ball on the perimeter away from that front seven of the Bucks um, defense, which we know is going to be very much keyed on stopping the run and clogging those run lanes with not only the guys on the interior, um, Joe Tryon, Shoyanka, you know, he almost single-handedly cost Caleb McGarry a contract with how much he kicked his butt in that week 18 game. And then of course, you know, Levante David and, and Devin White are going to be, you know, raring to go, chomping at the bit, so to speak, to to get after Bijan and Tyler Algier. So I think the Falcons have to find a way to to try to stay away from that sort of cluster in the middle and and try to create and use, you know, their speed, especially a player like Bijan on the outside where he can do a little bit more damage. Yeah, and that's kind of the the double-edged sword that the Buccaneers face, right? Is is Bijan is an electric runner, but he's also a huge weapon in the passing game. So being able to utilize him in that uh type of situation is certainly going to help the Falcons and it's going to keep guys like Levante, like Devin White on their toes having to, you know, try to prevent Bijan from from breaking off these big chunk plays. And honestly, with the threat of Bijan running out of the backfield, it's going to cause Devin and Levante to, to pause for just that brief half second and potentially open up some passing lanes for Desmond Ritter getting the ball to the outside, like you mentioned. You know, the Buccaneers have not done very well against number one wide receiver. So Drake London could end up having himself a, a really big game outside of, of Chris Olave in that week four matchup who only had one reception for four yards. Every other opposing number one receiver that has gone against the Buccaneers has put up at least a hundred yards and a couple of them have gotten into the end zone. Amon Ross St. Brown last week, career high in uh, for receptions in a game. So utilizing that, that two headed running back monster that they have in Bijan and Tyler Algier setting up the the passing game causing the Bucks defense you know especially that front seven to to pause for just a moment to respect that run game opening things up for Drake London Kyle Pitts uh the the name's escaping me the is it Johnu Smith is the yes. other tight end that they've been utilizing way more than they should when you have Kyle Pitts uh it it can create some some pretty significant mismatches for the Falcons throughout the game on the offensive side of the ball for the Buccaneers though. The, the key matchup to me is going to be Mike Evans and Chris Godwin against the Falcons secondary. Jesse Bates was the talk of Tampa when coaches and players were speaking to the media on Wednesday. Everybody knows how good he is, how big of an impact he can make, but you know, this is also a team that has you know, AJ Terrell. You know, they have solid guys in the secondary that need to slow down these Buccaneers receivers and the Falcons are allowing the fourth fewest passing yards this season, just under 180 in the Bucks offense on the flip side is averaging 212.6 passing yards per game. That's only 17th in the NFL. Uh, the most yards they've allowed to an opposing quarterback this year, the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, is 249 to CJ Stroud of, of all people. But you go back, you look at Mike Evans career against the Atlanta Falcons. He's averaging 82 yards a game. 
uh, Chris Godwin against the Atlanta Falcons, averaging 80 yards per game. And with this run game for the Bucs not working, the passing game has to be there for the Buccaneers. And, and Baker has missed the long ball way too often this year compared to what he's done in the past. And a lot of that has come on targets for Trey Palmer or Devin Tompkins. And, and historically, he's been good at throwing that deep ball, but he has to open things up down the field with Mike Evans rather than a Trey Palmer, rather than a Devin Tompkins. And then Chris Godwin has continued to going to be that money down guy. He's going to be the third down guy, the move the sticks guy doing that dirty work over the middle of the field, which don't get me wrong, Mike Evans can do, but Mike Evans can stretch the field a little bit better than Chris Godwin can. And, and I know Baker Mayfield is chomping at the bit to get Chris Godwin a touchdown. He even mentioned it going into the Saints game that he knows he's got to get Chris uh, you know, a long overdue touchdown reception, which Godwin does not have this year. But you know, it's got to Baker Mayfield has to rely on those top two guys. They're one of the best receiving duos in the league for a reason, and they're just not being utilized quite as much as you would think. But Aaron, let's go ahead and flip it over to a single player that can really impact this game for both teams. Who is the Falcons most important player for week seven in Raymond James? Well, I feel like one player is not necessarily the guy that's going to have the biggest impact on the game, but I think could really throw a wrench into what the Bucks want to do. And that would be David Onyemata. He'll okay. potentially be matched up a lot against Cody Mock, uh, the Bucks right guard. Mock was a player that I was very high on in the draft. He's, I guess, would have mixed results. I'm sure, James, you could speak to that. He's had good moments. He's had bad moments. Um, but one of the things that I feel like he can be susceptible to going back to watching him at the Senior Bowl last year, is power. And that's really the name of the game for David Onyemata. And when it comes to, as you say, the Bucks' offense really needs their passing game to get going. And if you can create that pressure up the middle, especially against Baker Mayfield, that can create a lot of problems, especially given how well the Bucks' tackles have played this year. Luke Gadecki, you know, kept, from what I could tell, Aiden Hutchinson pretty much in check. And yeah. It, no one kept Aiden Hutchinson in check when the Falcons played the Lions earlier in the season. So that, you know, that says a lot right there. Um, so I feel like David Onyemata, if he can kind of dominate that matchup and really make Cody Mock look like a rookie offensive lineman, in addition to what, you know, Grady Jarrett can do, who's had some very good games uh, in the past against the Bucks, one very memorable one uh, a year ago where he he made the play of the game but you know the refs decided that it didn't count uh we're not still bitter about that by no, any means um but yeah i think david onyamata can can certainly have a, a huge impact on this game if he can get that consistent pressure up the middle and that will i think really kind of derail what the bucks want to do offensively which is you know air it out yeah i mean cody malk has looked like a rookie, he's had some good moments. He's had some bad moments. It's not helping that Robert Hainsey has had kind of a regression year as the starting center. But yeah, like you said, Luke Gedeke has been absolutely fantastic at right tackle. Aiden Hutchinson had at least six pressures in every game this season until last week against the Buccaneers when he went up against Gedeke. He had one, one pressure the entire game for Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, so yeah, the, the book ends for, you know, for the box, get and worse have been solid, but that Hainsey Malk, uh, combination there in the interior is really hit or miss 
I'm going to make this one real quick for the Buccaneers. It's Antoine Winfield Jr. Through the first four games, Winfield was looking like a first-team All-Pro. He led the team in tackles. He had two sacks, two tackles for loss, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, four passes defense, including two of those being in the end zone. He's been the do-it-all guy for the Buccaneers. And last week against the Lions, we didn't hear his name. So Todd Bowles needs to get back to letting Antoine do what Antoine does, and that is disrupt every aspect of the opposing offense. He's in coverage. He's blitzing. He's crashing the box on run plays. That's what the Bucs need in order to spark this team to a victory on Sunday. But Aaron, we're going to talk about what has to go right for each team to get the win on Sunday and give our score predictions. That is coming up next here on a crossover Thursday episode of Locked on Falcons and Locked on Bucks. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Right now on FanDuel, the Buccaneers are two-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Atlanta Falcons with an over-under of 38-and-a-half, and both quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Desmond Ritter, have their their passing touchdowns set at over under one and a half. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Everyone has probably found themselves in a situation where they were away from home and got hit with the unexpected. It's not always a life and death situation, but what if you were caught in the midst of the unexpected without access to medications that could help you? The Jace case helps prevent you from being caught unprepared. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. As someone who travels a lot for my son's hockey team, I never know what could happen in the winter months so far from home. That's why the Jace case is now an essential part of our packing routine, and they handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Instead, get this personalized emergency medication kit that contains life-saving antibiotics to treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus, an additional $20 off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code locked on. Wrapping things up here on a crossover Thursday edition of Locked On Falcons and Locked On Bucks. And we've laid out some things for each of our teams so far, but let's go ahead and put the cherry on top of this divisional rival Sunday and talk about what needs to go right in order for each team to get the win on Sunday. For the Falcons, it means first place in the NFC South. For the Buccaneers, it means extending their first place lead. So, Aaron, what needs to go right for the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday? Well, I think they, the Falcons got to get off to a, a fast start, right? They've done better uh, the last two weeks, right? They've been kind of notorious under Ritter as well as Arthur Smith of get, tending to sort of ease their way into the games. Um, and the last two weeks they've gotten onto a fast start, but they, those have been home games. So they need to show that they can get this offense moving early in a road game. If they do that, 
I think that's going to set them up for success. I, I think both of these teams are kind of defensive driven teams that are sort of poised with the idea of like, we're going to hold the opponent to, you know, under 14 points. And I feel like this could be one of those games, defensive battles where both offenses struggle uh, to, to put points in, in, on the board. Uh, so this is kind of a game that could set up to be like, you know, the race, the 14 could, could wind up winning you this game. So I think if the Falcons can get early on the board uh, this week, that will be uh, sort of helping them uh, potentially win that type of game. Yeah. It'll certainly help from the aspect of, of they are going to be, you know, you've laid out a couple of times now their struggles on the road. So being the road team, Granted, in Ray J, unfortunately, it doesn't always mean a hostile environment. Uh, a lot of Eagles fans for that Monday night game, a lot of Lions fans last week. And it's not that far to get from Atlanta to Tampa, you know, especially if you want to just hop in your car and go down 75. Um, so I expect there to be plenty of Falcons fans in attendance cheering on their team and, and hoping to have a nice road upset. But a fast start would be huge you know if this is a team that gets down early you know and Ritter has to start to press the issue a little bit I think that's where we see the inexperience creep in and and kind of the the deer in headlights that we've seen in in moments uh so far throughout Ritter's tenure as the starting quarterback so it'll be on on the Bucks defense to make sure that that doesn't happen but for me and the Buccaneers, I'm I'm not going to talk about the defensive side of the ball because that defense has kept them in games far longer than they should have been. It's the run game. And I've already talked about the Buccaneers run game a little bit, but I have to do it one more time. They have to do something that sparks the run game enough that the Falcons have to respect it. And, and what I mean by that is last week, the Lions would stack the box. You would see eight, nine guys in the box, but this wasn't a, we're facing Derrick Henry. We're facing... Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor two years ago. We're facing Bijan Robinson. This is a we're just going to put pressure on Baker Mayfield because they're not going to run it because they can't run it. There needs to be just enough of the threat of the run that it gives Baker an extra half second on these passing plays or on that third and one so that the Falcons don't know for sure that the Buccaneers aren't going to run the ball. Last week against the Lions, five different times. The Buccaneers had third and five or less. They ran the ball on those plays zero times, including a third and one where Mike Evans ended up getting flagged for offensive pass interference and it turned into a third and 11. They have to be able to trust their team to gain a yard on the ground. And so far, they just don't. And maybe it's a few chunk plays early on by Rashad White. Maybe it's the Bucs passing on a lot of first downs so that they can catch the Falcons off guard when they do run it. Uh, but you have to you have to do something to force Atlanta to respect the run game and open things up in the passing game. I don't have the solution. Otherwise, I'd be in a meeting with Dave Canales right now instead of talking to you and, and all the Locked On Falcons listeners. Um, but the more the Buccaneers stay a one-dimensional team, the more difficult it's going to be for them to win games. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. So if I'm putting a final score on this, I would like to buy into the Falcons getting it right on the road. But when I look at this Bucks matchup, I just don't love the matchup because it just feels like, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for this Bucks defense. I've always had a lot of respect for what this Bucks defense can do. And, and basically, un, until I can see the Falcons do the things that we're talking about them doing, getting off to a fast start, playing well on the road, you know, getting back to, to being that ground and pound team, it's going to be hard for me to believe it. So 
I'm looking at this game being a pretty low scoring affair. Um, I, I I'll give the Bucks 20 points and I'll give the Falcons like 17. Right. I think it'll be a close game, but I think it'll probably be in the Bucks' favor. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of respect for Baker Mayfield at this point in time. I, I he he started the season strong. He, He's kind of faded a little bit the last couple of weeks, if I can say so. And so, like, I don't feel like it's Baker Mayfield that's going to beat them. But I need to see the Falcons play up to their ability because I, I think they have the capability to beat this Bucks team. But if they do what they've been doing too often this year, then I don't see that coming to fruition. Yeah, I mean, Baker certainly took a step back against the Lions. Other than that, I mean, going into that game, Number one in the NFL in completion percentage on third downs among all quarterbacks. You number one in the NFL in quarterback rating on third downs. He's been playing extremely well. And a, a fun little tidbit is that against divisional opponents, Baker Mayfield as a Buccaneer averages three touchdown passes per game. There's another fun shot at the New Orleans Saints. I don't quite think he gets to three in this one. But I do think that the Buccaneers have a bounce back performance and they do go to 2-0 and in the NFC South. So I also have the Buccaneers scoring 20, but I only have the Falcons scoring 10 in this one. So it may be closer than what that score shows, but I do think the Bucs end up with a pretty comfortable lead and uh, a comfortable win there at the end of the game so aaron once again i really appreciate you joining me on this crossover thursday episode it's always great to talk to you it's always great to throw shade at the new orleans saints because that is something that both of our fan bases can come together about please make sure you are coming back and checking out locked on bucks and locked on falcons tomorrow as we wrap up the week give our final previews for this game hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for joining us right here on Crossover Thursday.